Blog Talk Radio. What's going on, Blog Talk Radio Nation? It is Friday night. It is June 19th, Juneteenth. Happy Juneteenth to all of you. LeVar here with you on page one, along with my wonderful friend Mary. How are you? I am good. I am stoked. How are you? I'm good. We were off last week, uh, so it's been a couple of weeks since we have talked to all of you. Uh, Looks like we were both in the same place at the same time. (laughs) uh, Which meant that we could have done it. We could have. We could have. But I was luckily out in the one, well, I was going to say right now some people are probably like, "Uh uh-oh. But I was out in Arizona. (laughs) Um, So far, knock on wood, I'm feeling okay. Uh, I do know that there are a few states since we last talked that have probably relapsed in regards to uh, COVID-19, Florida, Arizona, Texas. Uh, So thinking of all of you in those states this evening, uh, I think also where you're at, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. Yes, sir. That's what you get when you put a bunch of people together in a casino. Tell you. Well, is it really from the casinos, though? Uh, probably. I'm, I'm sure that some of it is. A lot of it, I think, is just that people got crazy when things got reopened. Hmm. That's my opinion. That is just my opinion. I am not a scientist nor a health specialist or any of those things. But my opinion is people went nuts because they were locked up. And I put locked up in quotes. Um but then they went out. As soon as everything got open, they had to go out and have a good time, and they forgot everything else that we were asking them to do, um, hmm. face masks, social distancing, et cetera, and went nuts. So I'm sure that's part of it. Gotcha. Um, so and I was going to say, too, are a lot of the – because uh, you were out in the Vegas area, but are a lot of the clubs open as well? No. See, that's the thing. Day clubs and, and nightclubs actually are still closed. Same with brothels. But the casinos are open, and social distancing in casinos is near impossible. I don't care what people say. Um, it, it, there's no way that you're cleaning a machine right after somebody else gets up. People migrate. They're nomadic when they're in the, in the, uh, game, on the gaming floor. Uh, same with tables. So it's that's a tough thing. Um, so you add that and those large groups, it, yeah. It's, you don't need a day club. You don't need a nightclub to do to have that rise in numbers. Right. Wow. So folks, please, while you're out there, be careful. Um, it's all you can do. Travel is actually, and you had a chance to travel by plane. Travel actually is a little different probably from what you remember it, and I can tell you uh, I flew southwest, and kudos to them because I know that they try to uh, keep ahead of the pace, and they do a lot of things in regards to uh, making sure that things are clean uh, and that everybody else is practicing safe distancing. On southwest, you can't even sit. Well, you can't sit in the middle seat. It's to be kept open. Uh, unless you are traveling with family or close friends in your household, in which case you could sit in the seat next to them. But um, other than that, uh, 
they also are not I'm going to get to this story in a second, but uh, they are serving uh, canned water <laughs> and uh, a snack. And one of the things that I read this week uh, was the airline's ban of alcohol on planes in response to COVID-19. Not sure what that has to really do with it, but uh, according to CNN Travel, alcohol sales may have boomed during lockdown, but their return to air travel will be an altogether more sobering experience. Airlines, including EasyJet and KLM in Europe, Delta Airlines, American Airlines in the U.S., and Asia's version Australia, are suspending all or part of their alcoholic drink service in response to COVID-19. Uh, it's part of a widespread revision of the industry's food and drink service to minimize interaction between crew and passengers and to ensure a safer journey for all. And with face masks already mandatory on pretty much all flights around the world, a new legislation introduced in early January to curb antisocial behavior on flights, it's another in a line of barriers, literal and legal, to getting high in the sky. Uh, a lot of those airlines are limiting drink options to water only, uh, as face masks must be kept on other than when passengers are eating or drinking. It's a way of ensuring that passengers are lingering over their refreshments for no longer than necessary. Uh, in Europe... Uh, customers can bring food and non-alcoholic drinks on board. Uh, at the beginning, the only refreshments on offer will be water. Uh, food service will resume gradually in the coming months. Uh, the crew will also manage use of toilet facilities. The best pastors aren't knocking back the Guinness and uh, other drinks. But, yeah, I was on uh, the American flight, like I said, Southwest. Uh, I know Delta Airlines isn't serving alcohol in domestic flights or within the state's but beer, wine, and spirits can be found on international flights. Um, and I know for a fact uh, at one airport, I think it was in Dallas because I had a layover, um, there is a sign-up that you cannot bring, and they even tell you that you cannot bring any alcohol onto the flight. So, uh, yeah. Uh, is it something that... As a frequent flyer, I mean, you fly at least a couple of times a year. Is it something mm -hmm. as a frequent flyer that kind of, uh, well, it's not going to stop you from flying, but is it a concern mm -hmm. that uh, you can't drink what you want on the flight? I, well, I drink water on the flight anyway, um, unless they have. The one thing I'm going to miss, and this is, this is, I know it's just minor, but I can't find these anywhere, is those cans. Of cran apple juice. Oh. Um, I can find cran apple juice, but it doesn't come in a can. It comes in bottles, and the bottles don't taste the same. I don't know why. doesn't get cold enough, maybe. But um, that would be the one thing that I miss. Other than that, I normally only drink water on the flight. Um, it's something about uh, recycled air and all of that. Just, it dehydrates me, so I try to stay hydrated. Um, I don't know how only offering water makes people not linger over drinks because people that linger over drinks are going to linger over the drink no matter what it is. Right. Um, <laughs> it may stop someone from getting a drink because they don't have the drink that they want available, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to, if they do get the water, that they're not going to linger over it. Or at least it's my thought process on it. Um, I don't normally drink alcohol on the plane. Again, that's it's because I get dehydrated and it's travel. Um, but 
before and after, heck yeah, but I don't need to be in the airport to do that either. So um, this really doesn't, I'm not as affected by this as most. Does that make sense? No, that makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, I know the one thing that I am happy about is that I don't have to, and I think I've mentioned it on this show before, is that, uh, you know, I'm kind of glad, well, I I never drank on a flight, um, but I am kind of glad, though, that some things are limited because now that means I don't have to smell tomato juice. Because <laughs> 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 there's always that one person, one person. Uh, that usually orders that tomato juice. It's usually that one person that's near me, and I don't know why. Um, so I am kind of glad that that doesn't happen. The, my only drawback on the water thing, while I'm appreciative that we get water and I'm appreciative that we get a snack, I guess my one main thing is that if you're at least going to give water, at least kind of give it as to where it even like has like some type of impression of it being cool and or cold where you put it in a refrigerated area because the cans of water that I got <laughs> I can tell you uh, the cans of water that I got one one of them on a flight was hot I mean dead hot you would have thought that it was like intended to be that way in the Phoenix sun. yeah uh, so I got a hot can of water uh, nothing I could do with that one. So I would tell for all of you that are flying that you're probably better off uh, buying water from the airport. I normally don't condone buying expensive things from an airport if you can avoid it, but in this case, buy it. <laughs> um, yeah, I. Or bring an empty water bottle in, and then you can refill it in those. Like they have bottle fillers now. I've seen that. in most airports. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen it in Dallas, and I saw it, I think, in Phoenix. Um, mm-hmm. I have seen that. I don't know if I – should I trust that water? It's water fountain water, and it's cold. <laughs> Some places don't have working water fountains anymore due to everything that's going on. Right. But the bottle – like, the, I know at least at McCarran, the bottle fillers are still available. Like, regular water fountains can't use. But if you're going to fill your water bottle, like you can bring in like those hydro flasks or what have you, or or even just a plastic bottle, um, as long as it's empty. Obviously, you have to get through TSA. But once you get through TSA, um, those are available to fill your bottles of water, hmm. and it's free. So not the best. Man, I remember the days we we water. I remember the days we've come so far. I remember my sister went on a flight between here and Detroit because she didn't want to uh she didn't want to go in the car. So she went on a flight to Detroit. And they served her actually a meal in that short time of a flight. Uh, they served a little bit of a breakfast. And I was gonna say the times they have changed. Um I I don't you know now it's gone to snacks. Now we've gone to canned water. Man, alive. And, and and I guess the hard thing is that in the airports, most places are open. Some are still closed. Um, so it's it's a bygone era. I mean, I was telling somebody the other day, I remember when you could walk walk with somebody 
up to where they boarded on their flight <laughs> uh, pre-9-11. And I know a couple of airports are starting to do that again, but, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm thankful for the safety that is the TSA. I'm very thankful for that uh, because it does stop a bunch of the crazies from bringing things on to a flight. Um, but, yeah, I miss those days. <laughs> I really miss those days. Uh, speaking of breakfast or food, mm. probably the only uh, controversial topic of the night. Uh, we haven't been with you here in a couple of weeks. Well, we got a couple of controversial topics, but I'll get to the other one later. Uh, the more <laughs> serious one. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, a lot of people in the last week since we haven't been here, I've, I've seen a lot of things online. But hours after uh, last week when Quaker Oats announced that it would remove the image of uh, Aunt Jemima from its packaging and change the name of the brand, Uncle Ben's Rice said it also planned to follow suit. Uh, Uncle Ben's owner, Mars Inc., said in a statement last Wednesday that now is the right time to evolve the Uncle Ben's brand, including its visual brand identity, which we will do. Uh, we don't know yet what the exact changes or timing will be, but we are evaluating all possibilities. Um, and I give them credit, and they did say that racism has no place in society. We stand in solidarity with the black community, our associates, and our partners in the fight for social justice. We know to make the uh, systemic change needed, it's going to take a, a collective effort from all of us, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but on the website, the company credits the Uncle Ben name to a Texan farmer, Uncle Ben, known for his high-quality rice. Uh, the face depicted on the logo is Frank Brown, who was the head waiter at a Chicago restaurant who agreed to pose for the Uncle Ben's portrait. Uh, but as a New York Times article from more than a decade ago pointed out, the brand name has been criticized considering how white Southerners once used uncle and aunt as, uh, uh, as terms for older black Americans because they refused to say Mr. and Mrs., uh, and the Aunt Jemima brand, which Quaker Oats has owned since 1926, uh, has pretty much said the same thing, and it's a rebranding, especially in the wake of everything that's happening uh, in the last few weeks. Lando Lakes, earlier this year, said it would no longer use the Native American woman on its packages of butter, cheese, and other products, opting instead for just a landscape. And the image had been on the company's label for nearly 100 years since it was founded in Minnesota in 1921. I read a lot of things this week in regards to that. <sighs> While I'm happy to see progress, is it wrong for a part of me to say, one, what took so long? B, why did it take everything that's happening now to get some type of change rolling? Uh, because things have been happening for a few years, not just this year. And I'm not sure if it's – it's kind of almost like someone's willing to do something to just get on board the, the popularity express, so to speak. And I don't want to be, like, mm -hmm. disingenuous or I don't want to be, you know, that person that's like, you know, oh, I appreciate it, but why now, you know? You've gone mm -hmm. almost 100 years, and this has been through a civil rights movement. This has been through, you know, progress in the last 40, 50 years. And just now you're thinking of taking, you know, uh, these, these people off of your products because you finally saw the light. Also, 
uh, one side story is that the University of Florida uh, is no longer going to be doing its gator chop uh, at college football games because of the racial undertones. And this is, and like I said, once again, it's kind of going back to now you want to stop it. Just this past year you were doing it. Just this past year. And I guess a part of me is Are they going to rename the Seminoles then? I guess. So, yeah, they will no longer do the gator chop at the uh, football games or any sporting event. Um, right. No, what I'm saying is you've got Florida State and then you've got University – is it University of Florida? Whatever. Uh, yes, uh, Florida State and the sorry, University Florida, of Florida. I'm sorry. Are they of Florida, getting... sorry. University of Florida. Right. Uh, University of Florida. Florida. So they're getting rid of the Gator Chop. Is Florida mm-hmm. State changing their Seminoles? I don't know. <laughs> they haven't come out and said you, that. You understand where I'm going with this. I right? know where you're going with it, but <laughs> no, they have not. I and, mean, and the Washington uh, football team Redskins? is still the Redskins, and nothing has changed. You know, the only thing major in, change, in sports that's changed probably in the last year or two in regards to uh, Native Americans is the Cleveland Indians taking away Chief Wahoo off of uh, its jerseys. And I was like, but the Redskins still remain. And so, you know, and he and Daniel Snyder, who is the owner of the Redskins, refuses to uh, make that change. Um, so... And I guess I'm trying to be thankful of the cognizance of the companies that are doing things to change. But I guess my question in the wake of all this, and like I said, I hate to be that person, but it's why now? Why in this uh, sixth month of 2020, all of a sudden, that your company wants to make these changes? And what the idea? Because it obviously wasn't something that had been thought of over the last year. It wasn't something that was thought of before Memorial Day weekend of this year. And now all of a sudden you're doing it. And like I said, I don't want to seem like ungrateful, but for the changes that have made, this is something that should have been done years ago. Or is it always? Uh, Good for too little, too late. <laughs> I, 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 um, all right. I don't know how to answer that. Only because I, I think I have a different viewpoint on it. Um, we're kind That's of in the same camp of why now. Show. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> we're in the same. We're in the same camp of why now. Like, what about it right now? But I've always yeah. been that person that on long-standing. Um, brands i don't see the i don't see how it may have started out a certain way but if you're going to get and i and i'm not i slavar you know me i am not easily offended i am not easily offended by very much at all if you are going to be so and i'm saying it if you're going to be butthurt about aunt jemima why why are you butthurt today like, why weren't you butthurt 10 years ago and throwing up a stink? Like, and, and I want to put it on? out there that there were people who, quote, were butthurt about this for years and have asked mm-hmm. this company to not. And, and I know, and, and as a black person, I know the racial mm-hmm. currents of that Aunt Jemima. 
And right. we've asked for this for years. The Uncle Ben's, mm-hmm. not much. Uh, it was the Aunt Jemima that pretty much kind of like really was a brutal talking point. And they refused mm-hmm. for years to change it until now. And, and like mm-hmm. I said, while I'm giving credit where credit is due in the wake of the current climate and situation of things that is going, and I'm glad that they're taking these steps, but it kind of seems like a too little, too late and kind of like it was forced upon you because of the climate of now compared to when you had a chance to do it then and make a bold statement and you didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Well, I just, I, I don't know. Maybe, and maybe I'm, and this is where I need to be educated. And I'm, I, and like I said before, I, there's a lot of things that I'm ignorant of and not because I haven't tried, but because I haven't had the experience and there's no way that I'm going to, um, so this might be one of those things where I need to be educated for. I look at brands like Land O'Lakes, the Redskins, mm-hmm. Cleveland Indians, the Seminoles. I look at Aunt Jemima. I mean, what's next? Count Chocula? You know, I'm offended for all vampires. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, where, where's that line of, of all those things that you're looking at? Because I... It just seems like there's. Like... I, I am I am an Asian person, so when people say top ramen or whatever, and they they, I'm again I'm not offended, but they'll say stuff like that, and it's like no. Have, have you ever seen? That's wrong. Have you ever seen a commercial? It's an old commercial, and you probably haven't. Uh, but there was a commercial back in the, I want to say 50s or 60s for Jello. Mm-hmm. And it was with a Chinese baby who was like they had uh, chopsticks, and mm-hmm. uh, they were trying to eat Jello with chopsticks, just getting like pissed off yes. they couldn't do it. And then at the end, the Jello theme song, you know, J E O O, they played it using Chinese gongs. And yep. I was like, if this isn't something that's just like all out bad, I don't know what it is. Oh yeah. And, no, I've, I've seen, yes, I have. I have seen that commercial. Yeah, and it's kind of like they wouldn't dare do that now. They wouldn't have had, you know, that baby or the gong music playing for a job. It, I guess where I'm going with this is, granted, while the stereotypes, uh, I mean, I, I, I guess I didn't, even myself, uh, learned of the Uncle Ben. And, you know, I didn't think much of it growing up, but I knew that the Aunt Jemima was wrong. And mm-hmm. it was, uh, you know, but like I said, it's kind of like it would be the equivalent of, of I'm trying to think of like something that's bad right now. It, it would be the equivalent now of tobacco companies uh, taking cigarettes off the market, knowing for years that people have talked about the dangers of cigarettes. And something bad happening where all of a sudden, uh, you know, someone died of cigarettes, uh, you know, right away, and it caused a backlash in the country. And then the cigarette makers going, "Hey, oh, now we'll do it." I was like, "But you had, you well, had years they to did make do a that. Yeah, they like did do that. I mean, if you think about it, when they had like Camel Joe and the cartoon characters that were 
targeting kids. So they did do that. And, and right. I, I get where you're going with it. it it's, it's why now? Because your, your hand was forced. And yeah. I, I guess it's just, I look at, I look at, and I, I, again, this is an educational thing for me. I'm not, I looked at Aunt Jemima and I know I knew where the, where it started, mm-hmm. but I also thought, and, and I could be wrong, but I thought that the person that did Aunt Jemima, who was Aunt Jemima for the years or whatever, she ended up not being a slave anymore. Like she came out of slavery and she's like, here, this is what you need to do. I, I don't know. Kind of was I don't know. Movie, it, it, I in my head. Would that imitation of life, which I think was almost kind of, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, I like the Claudette Colbert version a lot better than the later versions, but um, but yeah, it was, yeah, I guess it's a topic that we'll, you know, we'll have to come back to another day, but like I said, I'm not, I'm not in the least bit angry or upset of mm-hmm. actually doing it. I applaud them for mm-hmm. doing it for something that Mm -hmm. was a stereotype for so long. But I think it's the timing Mm -hmm. of it, and that it's sad that it took, you know, a tragic death and a backlash of a nation on that tragic death for this to finally happen. I guess Mm -hmm. that's where I'm a little bit mad, because this is something that probably should have been done years ago. And in the backlash of everything that's happening now, you've seen where TV shows have been canceled, Cops was canceled, Live PD has been canceled, uh, you see We're Gone with the Wind was briefly taken off of HBO's uh, streaming system. Uh, and now people are finally kind of putting a magnifying glass to things that might offend. And I think I even heard of the Dukes of Hazzard uh, possibly the car uh, taking off of some streaming services or whoever yeah. has the rights to that. And I'm like, there's a there is a way I guess I'm, of, I'm, I'm concerned where where we draw the line for that because at I, some know, point, I know I <laughs> know at some you. point it's it, kind of like the same the line I drew it's like yeah it, it, it's like the same line I drew when Bill Cosby was uh, when he was sentenced for what he did mm-hmm. but I was like mm-hmm. but the Cosby show is still etched in people's memories as a great show. And, you know, there were other people, and granted, Bill Cosby was a star and, you know, everything of that series. You know, it was great family entertainment and had a lesson in each show. He didn't do anything on that show that, uh, you know, that mirrored his real life. And people yet wanted the show totally taken off of TV. And I was like, I thought we were kind of moving a little bit too fast. I was like, wait a minute. You know, it's kind of like... Fat Albert had great messages for, you know, young kids. Growing up, watched it, great messages. And now a lot of that stuff got hidden because of the person and the message, and we were so quick to pretty much be like, no, just get rid of it. But I was like, but there's a lot of other people who have done wrong whose shows are still on the air, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I know when the lead actor from Seventh Heaven, when he did what he did, the show was still on the air on some channels. And there wasn't a quick call to, like, end it, and the station that carried it still carried it. And I think we become too quick now to try and make the popular move uh, in order to uh, make people happy. And 
you know, like I said, cops and live PD, I've never really watched them. I know people who watched them. You know, I, I'm interested uh, in those shows now only because I'd like to see, you know, what's from the view of law enforcement of what happens. Granted, some of it's scripted, but live PD actually brought up some good things. Um, and now it's off the air. You know, and now there's movies and TV shows that people are taking a second look at, and they're like, oh, no, we don't want to have this anymore because of this. And I don't know if it will ever be back or if they'll just wait a while until things, quote, blow over. And like I said, I'm not trying to be the person that's like, oh, why do you want to do that? No, I applaud it. I actually think it's a good move, but I just, with the timing of it all, that the message would have been far greater then than it is now when it seems forced and we're just doing this to kind of get on people's good side because that's what it makes it look like. Yeah, it doesn't seem like the message is we support you and we think it's bad. It's, hey, we don't want you to stop buying our products, so we're going to take that off. Right. I, I just, I don't know. I We've gotten to a point where and I, and I and I don't again I don't and maybe maybe I'm just maybe I'm just uneducated about it maybe I'm just blind to it and I'm gonna I'm putting that out there I have no idea and I, I and I consider myself a pretty educated pretty you know pretty open person I try to be I'm I'm pretty good about listening uh, about people's viewpoints but there are some things in the world that I'm never gonna understand because I'm not. I'm not going to understand what it's going to be, what it feels like to be a trans gay male. Never going to be. Not going to happen. Because I am a cis female. That's it. There's, there, I'm not changing. This is who I am. This is what I like. This is what I'm doing. So I'm never going to have those experiences. I'm never going to know. So there's going to be some things in the world that I'm never going to know. I'm going to try and understand, but I'm not going to know. And this might be one of them. I just don't get... Not into my life. That one I get. But some of these Uncle Ben's, like I said, uh, the Redskins, the Indians, the, okay, like, really? Um, the Gator Chop? Really? Um, it, it, some of the stuff is like, are we, have we gotten so, we've gotten so much into the society of being offended by every little thing that we're going to end up in a white box, black letters, or a black box, white letters, or whatever. It's going to be plain packaging, plain bags. This is what it is, you know? And it's I'll be honest with you. I didn't even know about scary. the station of the Gator Chomp until I heard it today. I mean, this is the first time I actually heard about it. I I, I've always thought moment. it was just the Gator Chop. It's just right. been the Gator Chop. That's all there right. is to it. It's, but apparently it's, yeah, again, I, things have lost what they were along the way. And now we're coming back and going, but, 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 okay, well, let's go back and look at, let's just go back and look at all the history then. Because mm-hmm. Social Security started out a different way. Right. And we haven't changed that. I mean, that's political, I know. But I'm just, I'm trying to, like, there are things that have changed along the way, that have evolved naturally along the way. And there are some things that haven't changed, but their meanings have gone away because it's no longer the offensive thing that they stand for. 
Mrs. Butterworth. We're going to change the shape of her bottle? <laughs> the Pillsbury Doughboy. Dude. You're talking about fat people right now. Well, he is a little like, chunky. And I'm saying it, I'm <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm saying it with a little bit of, I'm, I am saying it with a little bit of humor, but there's a, it's a very slippery slope, and I'm very scared that some of this, although some of it's needed, I think some of it's going to get swept up into this whole let's get everything figured out and let's get everything PC that we're going to lose. Some of what makes us us, you know, what makes the United States the United States, the, that makes us be a melting pot, um, that makes us be a casserole dish, whatever you want to call it. It's the, the races, colors, genders, identities, whatever you want to what do you, whatever you want to talk about. There's a lot right. of things out there that are just we should embrace. History is history. It's there for a reason. I am not saying that we shouldn't learn from it and we should grow from it and there's things that should change. But are you doing it because you want to change or are you doing it because you're forced? And I get yeah. that. Right. So Speaking I, of, I'm in a weird well, spot. Yeah. Speaking of, from the serious to the light, uh, I don't know what to think about this. Uh, HBO Max is doing a collection of new Looney Tunes cartoons. It (laughs) will no longer carry a rifle. According to the New York Times, the first short titled Dynamite Dance has the feel of old school Looney Tunes. In the video, Bugs goes after Elmer with dynamite. But Elmer Fudd will no longer carry his token rifle, and Yosemite Sam will no longer carry pistols. We're not doing guns says series executive producer Peter uh, Browngard. News has changed the character went viral on social media last week. He said that cartoony violence such as the explosive TNT will be done as it was kind of grandfathered into Looney Tunes. But no, no guns for your Looney Tunes friends. What do you think? Well, he can't get the Waskawee Wabbit without his guns. He was so, chasing him with a sickle. <laughs> that's not any better. That's I know. So better. That's worse. That's so much worse. Because if you he remember, the guns always didn't. The guns never worked. The guns never worked right. Okay? So, <sighs> you're taking Ooh. away a non-working gun to give him a knife that's going to cut the guy's head off. That's not better. That's worse. And Yosemite, Sam, and Yosemite Sam's guns were never, like, built for his body because they were always longer than his. <laughs> yes. This is what I'm saying. Like, look at, okay, and I saw this as a meme, so I'm not taking credit for this thought. But I did see the meme that said, okay, they're taking away their guns, but yet Marvin the Martian gets to keep his space modulator? Come on now. Like, all right, if we're going to go, let's go all up. And I'm sure the rabbit. Like, what's he going to do now? Is he just going to do opera? Because that's the only thing he can do. He can use the lightning and kill the rabbit. I just, oh, that's so much of my use. And it's gone. And it's ridiculous. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I get gun violence. But really, who goes out there and goes, this is for Yosemite Sam? <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, I I don't know. I think uh, it's kind of funny. It's uh, I don't know what to think. I was like, <laughs> it's slippery slope. 
I was kind of disappointing to hear. I was like, cartoons are cartoons. I think we all know. Plus, more of these cartoons anyway really aren't for kids. I mean, the only people who are going to be watching Looney Tunes are going to be adults who grew up watching it. Kids don't watch old school, new versions of cartoons. You know, I I, I don't think they'll get the the humor. They won't get the reason why these people are mad at each other and chasing after each other with, you know, guns and like TNT. And then they're going to be wondering, hey, if that's a bomb, how come it just didn't do it? They're too much of a literal thinker. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) What's going on? Mm -hmm. So I don't get the whole thing of, like, taking it away because the people who are going to be watching the new Looney Tunes anyway are going to be people in my age bracket or older who remember it as a Saturday morning cartoon or who went to the movie theaters and actually saw the shorts. So we all know not, you know, guns aren't going to, I mean, as much as the guns shoot them in the behind and, you know, uh, shoot them in the face, well, that's another story for another day, but the face turns darker, but, you know, we all know it's not going to kill him. Somebody's not going to shoot Bugs Bunny, and he's going to, like, fall out and die, because it wouldn't be a Looney Tunes after that. So, right. I... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love that you're questioning it, too. It's, 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 I was just uh... like, but yet you're going to go with the TNT. It was grandfathered in. Yeah. So was the guns. <laughs> And then they make up for it. Like it's an encasement with a sickle. Actually get sickle of all things. Like, the, like the, the guns are one thing. I mean, I get people like, gun violence, oh my gosh. And that's an education thing because I, I'm sorry, have you held a rifle? Like you have probably. But have you held a rifle? That's not something you just kind of picked up and go, woo, you know? Right. It uh, just doesn't happen. So there's that. That's one. But people with with explosives. Are you kidding me? Like, I wanted to blow stuff up as a kid, and that was, like, my, that was the fun part. I'm like, ooh. So if you put <laughs> something on top, and granted, it was a cartoon, so, and I learned quickly that cartoon, like, <laughs> cartoon physics aren't the same as real physics. But that was my first foray into, oh, my gosh, blowing stuff up. Yeah! You're going to keep the TNT in, but not the rifles. By the way, if you can hear fireworks behind me from my studios here in Chicago, people are actually firing fireworks. It's not the 4th of July. I have no idea why it's going off. Um, it's because they were blowing stuff up like Elmer Fudd. Right. Yeah, it's, it's time the for us to talk about the cartoon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the news of not that surprising, uh, University of Chicago uh, survey, Uh, states that 2020 has been rough on the American psyche and folks in the U.S. are more unhappy today than they've been in nearly 50 years. Uh, This bold yet unsurprising conclusion comes from the COVID response tracking study conducted by NORC at the University of Chicago, and it finds that just 14% of American adults say that they're very happy, down from 31% who said the same in 2018. That year, 23% said that they'd often or sometimes felt isolated in recent weeks. Now 50% say that. Uh, The study, which was conducted in late May, draws on nearly a half century of research from the General Social Survey, which which has collected data on American attitudes and behaviors at least every other year since 1972. No less than 29% of Americans have ever called themselves very happy in that survey. 
Most of the new surveys and interviews were completed before the death of George Floyd touched off nationwide protests and a global conversation about race and police brutality, according to the feelings, uh, adding to the feelings of stress and loneliness Americans were already facing from the coronavirus outbreak, uh, especially for black Americans. And uh, one professional fiduciary who lives near Greenville, South Carolina, has felt anxious and depressed for long stretches of this year. And she had moved back to South Carolina late in 2019, and then her cat died, her father passed away, and just when she thought she got, she'd get out and socialize in an attempt to heal from her grief, the pandemic hit. And she said it's pretty much been one thing after another. And it's been very hard, and the worst thing about this is that uh, after so much, she doesn't know what's going to happen. Uh, among other findings from the new poll about life in the pandemic, that the public is less optimistic today about the standard of living improving for the next generation than it has been in the past 25 years. Only 42% of Americans believe that when their children reach their age, their standard of living will be better. A solid 57% said that in 2018, and since the question was asked in 1994, the previous low was 45% back then. Compared with surveys conducted after President John F. Kennedy's assassination in 1963 and after the September 11th terrorist attacks, Americans are less likely to report some types of emotional and psychological stress reactions following the outbreak. Fewer report smoking more than usual, crying or feeling dazed now than after those two previous tragedies, though more report having lost their temper or wanting to get drunk. About twice as many Americans report being lonely today as in 2018, and not surprisingly given the lockdowns that tried to contain the spread of the virus, there's also been a drop in satisfaction with social activities and relationships compared with 2018. Americans are about twice as likely to say they sometimes or often have felt a lack of companionship, 45% to 27%, and felt left out, 37% versus 18% in the past four weeks. The only thing uh, that was surprising, according to senior research scientists, was that loneliness was not even more pre uh, prevalent. And they said it isn't as high as it could be, and people have figured out a way to connect with others. It's not satisfactory, but people are managing to some extent. Uh, not surprised about that, were you? No, not at all. Not surprised at all. Um, I mean, people are, are, hello, people are pissed. And then you add in everything else, and I'm unhappy. And then you put yourself into a, a, a mental health has been a big thing. Um, the reason that that's a big thing is because people are unhappy. I mean, that's it, it's it correlates. So no, I'm not surprised that we are less happy today. I mean, maybe if they had better cartoons, just right. throwing that out there. Yes, yeah, so maybe some better cartoons, but yeah, not too shocking. Um, I really wasn't surprised with that, uh, and I think it has turned into something where some people. I think that's why we're also kind of leading to an uptick uh, in states that have reopened since, because people are in such a rush to get that fulfillment back that they didn't have before. That I think they get blinded by the fact that we are still in a pandemic here where we don't really know uh, or we're still learning how these things kind of expand or, uh, you know, get caught. And people are so willing to risk that and pretty much get out and, you know, crowd themselves into a club or crowd themselves into a house party uh, that they think that it's okay. 
And I think that's another thing, too, when you see a lot of these people out who, you know, are like, oh, I don't have to wear a mask anymore. This is over. No. What, what's happening is they are allowing you to be a little bit more free, but at the same time still practice what they wanted you to practice. And I was in Arizona, like I said, this past week, and um, uh, there were, and I was reading some of the local uh, news uh, pieces there, and I know for some people who had gone, uh, you know, they just want to get out of the house and do things again. And they weren't thinking, went out to these underground parties or went to these places and pretty much packed it like a can of sardines, didn't think about it, and then somebody got sick. And it, I saw pretty much kind of, I think, the tail end, and hopefully the, the going back to some sort of, like, uh, spacing out again because a lot of restaurants took that on. I did notice that. I had my mask on. Uh, there were a few younger people who I noticed did not have it, probably weren't carrying it on them at all, uh, and thought that it was okay to pretty much go back and do what they did pre-March. Uh, um, I get it, and I always am interested in the psychological point of this, because there's a lot of people who – you know, this has turned into the fact that they haven't been able to see friends, uh, do the same routine, or do other things. Psychologically, this has hit a lot of people. Um, and it's going to be a case study, I'm sure, for years to come. You know, heaven forbid we ever have something like this happen again. But how do you deal with that? And how do you, because right now this is new for everybody. This is not something that, you know, your grandparents lived through. You know, they may have had, you know, the polio or whatever else, but nobody, like, was had to stay inside, you know. But, yeah, this is entirely new. So I get it. The study, I'm surprised the numbers aren't even worse. But. Uh. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. 100%. Yeah. Uh we're a little bit uh, at the hour here, coming up on top of the hour, so I want to take a quick look on Twitter, see what is actually trending. Uh, so it looks like tonight, um, it, for uh, right on time for Juneteenth, uh, Alicia Keys and John Legend had what's called a Verzu's battle. Uh uh, so their playlist and their uh, and what they played, it's been a popular thing along uh, uh, celebrities to play their music back and forth and what's on their playlist. And I guess tonight, uh, Alicia Keys and John Legend, I'd be interested to see what's on theirs. Um, so that is actually uh, uh, the number one trending thing on Twitter right now. Uh, also trending uh, Beyonce has released a brand new song today uh, actually a little while ago uh, she has released a new song uh, called Black Parade in honor of Juneteenth Day so uh, I have not had a chance to hear it I'm kind of like you all <laughs> um, that is trending right now actually a weird thing that's a uh, Oh, well, I won't go to that one. Um, Steve Bartman is trending. Now, I'm, I'm, 
<laughs> now I'm wondering why Steve Bartman is trending, and you as a, and Mary as a Cubs fan pretty much knows that. Yes, I, I, I was, I was, I was. Uh, you probably heard my head go, huh? <laughs> uh, I guess there was or is uh, people who rewatched the Thirty for Thirty on Steve Bartman that came on this evening. Um, so <laughs> that was on this evening. And uh, a lot of people uh, who feel bad for him now, in hindsight, even as a Cubs fan, you've even got to feel bad for this guy, even all these years later, because he, he's, it's something where I felt bad for him the minute it happened. Because he literally has had to go into hiding, has not come out, has not done any interviews. You know, the only people who pretty much see him are family and friends or coworkers, and he pretty much keeps to himself – and he has not in any way come out since then. That's been a long time ago. And mm-hmm. and he still is in hiding because there's mm-hmm. still some people who are sore about blame the, him. the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And it's, I'm sorry, I am a Cubs fan through and through, um, 100%, grew up on these guys. I was watching from the 80s with Dawson and Sandberg. I watch Maddox come, go, and come back. So, like, I, 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 Cubs are my, they're my team. Um, when I watched that series and that foul ball, uh, I'm sorry. I never blamed, I never blamed him. I blamed Moises because I, he's the one that's getting paid to catch the damn ball, okay? A lot of people like, are saying yeah, that. He should have been. Yeah, a lot of he people are saying that, attention. too. And then they're also saying that, don't forget, the Cubs had a game seven that they had to play, and they blew that, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yes. they said that Cubs, yes. fans, yes. Cubs fans blaming Steve Bartman for 03 is the equivalent of the Red Sox fans blaming Bill Buckner for 1986, which is true. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you still had a game <laughs> six to finish out and a game seven. So it was like, and a game you know. Seven. At that point, yeah. Um, I'm sorry. You can't bl- I, He should have been paying attention, absolutely. But some, you're sitting in a spot where you need to pay attention more for his safety than the game itself. Because if he was, wasn't paying attention, I mean, he wasn't paying attention, but if he wasn't paying even le- if he was paying even less attention and that hit him in the face, he could be seriously injured. You know what I'm saying? Those, that... I'm saying stuff, and in my head, my 11-year-old, my my inner 11-year-old boy is giggling. Balls coming fly, those balls fly fast, and if they hit you in the face, that's an injury. And I'm sorry, anybody that giggles, thank you. Um, but yeah, just pay, paying less attention, he could have that he could have been seriously injured in that yeah. case, in that catch. He should not be blamed for it. It should be all on Moises. I'm sorry, it was his fault. He's the one with the glove. He's the one that went after the ball. He's the one that's getting paid to play baseball. It was his catch to lose, not Bartman's catch to fix, to mess up. Right. Yeah. It but was, uh, I, that, that's my opinion. No, me later. I, I agree with you. I mean, it's, uh, you know, to blame a fan for something that, you know, pretty much was avoidable. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's that came back on. Actually, there's been some pretty good replays of things tonight. I know uh, for those of you who 
probably are still out on the West Coast. Uh, ABC tonight for 2020 is replaying um, the uh, – it looks like it was brand new. They added some brand new parts. Uh, but the special on the three young ladies that were kidnapped by Ariel Castro uh, in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that it's already been on here. So I'm pretty sure on the West it will be on. Uh, but I, I said earlier when it uh, when they showed it, you know, watching it again, it makes you mad all over again. And for what those young ladies went through, uh, it, it's no words. I, I can't even tell you. Um, so yeah, if you watch it uh, or have a chance to watch it out on the West. Um, definitely create it. Uh, one other thing that's trending tonight, uh, <laughs> the hashtag sex done right in five words. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it's a pretty good one. Uh, <laughs> I'll only give a few. Uh, like I said, hashtag sex done right in five words. Uh, someone tweeted, the neighbors are knocking again. <laughs> um, someone else put she's down for butt stuff. <laughs> um, someone said she for, she forgets about her husband. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, my. Um, oh, yeah, a few of these I can't say. Um, wow. This is why live radio, you can't, uh, and then, of course, somebody put, you fall asleep right after it. <laughs> so sex done right in five. <laughs> so that's probably the best of the ones I, I could probably that one. do. I agree with that one. That one I agree with. <laughs> uh, final story tonight before we let you go. Uh, New York Post, our article. I swear we had talked something about this before. Uh Stop us if you heard it. So, did we do this story before? I don't recall us doing this. Um, <laughs> you know what? Okay. I am going to actually stop. I, I wasn't even going to go into this. Pretty much the story, uh, I swear we, we do so many stories on this no. show. I felt that we did. You're talking. You're talking the New York Post story, right? The one about yeah. the couples. Yeah. No, we haven't done that story. Okay. Well, we got a few minutes. Anyway, I felt that we did something like this before. We at least mentioned something like this before. But anyway, New York Post article: Safe sex during the coronavirus pandemic might soon require protection beyond just the nether regions. A new study from researchers at Harvard University says that hooking up carries some risk for transmitting COVID-19. Uh, from one partner to the other and recommends, among other practices, wearing a face mask while doing it. Uh, The research published in the Annals of Internal Medicine ranked frisky situations based on how likely it is to catch coronavirus while in the act. (laughs) That's the one thing you're worried about. Researchers recommend wearing a mask for the riskiest sexual scenario, sex with people other than those with whom one is quarantined. Uh, If you have an out-of-house coronavirus crush, the study says, besides keeping your mask on, you should avoid kissing, 
any oral to anal act and anything else that involves semen or urine. Shower before and after and no. clean the space Sorry. with alcohol wipes or soap. Uh, the study also mentions that having sex with people who are together in quarantine is safer, but there's still a risk. For instance, if one partner goes outside to run an errand and is exposed to the virus, they can transmit it to the other. Even if that person is ultimately uh, an asymptomatic carrier, they can still infect the other. The safest approach to sexual activity, according to researchers, is not having any. What? Absence, they say, is low risk for infection, though not feasible for many. Another option they add is self-pleasuring. Uh, other recommendations may, uh, have come out since the outbreak, uh, with some of them providing graphics to enhance the lessons. Do we really need graphics? Uh, in April, the Oregon Health Authority released a sex guide that went viral just weeks after the same happened to be released by the New York State Department of Health. Uh, the Oregon example stood out for its illustrations of condoms, a flashlight, and a peach in New York City's with its vivid warning about anal rimming. Yes. Um, you know, it's bad enough we're locked in our houses for this, but you're making sex worse. <laughs> <laughs> Which is something that you should never do. Like, that's an absolute good. Well, it should be. Let's back that up. It should be an absolute good. uh, You know, I... (laughs) I say still go ahead and do it. No, we're not telling you this. It, go by the advisement of the people. Be safe. God bless. I, I can't. Even, I can't. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> I have I a lot of stories. And some I'll, I'll agree with. Some I don't agree with. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's 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 look at it on its on its face without any football. <laughs> Self pleasuring is better than um, or safer. Let's back that up. Is safer in a lot of ways than going out with someone who is and and having sexual intercourse with someone who is not someone that you normally live with. Sooner or later, you get tired of playing solitaire, though. Absolutely. Absolutely. I am not disagreeing with you on that one. Um, If you are going to not play solitaire, if you're going to play a game of poker, then there should be some protections. Yes, I did. There are some protections that need to be in place. Do I believe that a face mask is one of them? I mean, if they're not living if you're not living together and you don't know their status, because here's the other thing. This is going to be one of those things. You know, when you ask people, you're like, so, you clean? It's not going to be, hey, do you have any of the STDs or you're pregnant or any of those things now? It's going to be, do you have COVID? And it's going to be hilarious <laughs> because my answer will be, no, I've been tested. <laughs> <laughs> and that makes me laugh. Because I, it's true. Can you imagine? 
just, just think about just think about that article that I just read. So not only are you, and like I said, I am not one to say go out and have wild sex, not protecting yourself. No, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying that we've gotten to a point now of where, think about this. You're about to get in bed with somebody, and you're about to have sex, and you are not only protected and wearing something in the nether region, but now it's taken away the northern region. You can't even really have any fun. <laughs> There's no point at that point of... <laughs> Because it, it, sex, I know, it's, it involves a lot of different things going on. And one part, yes, it's supposed to be protected, especially if it's with somebody that you don't. That, that, the southern part, I get. I'm all for it. Please do it. But when we start talking about the northern portion, and then that kind of takes away part of your game plan, it kind of makes for a boring... Uh, <laughs> it only leaves one thing really to do. Because <laughs> you just pick out the other part. I'm just I'm I'm still stuck on the couples that are living together. Yeah, and I was because like, no offense to the no offense to the CDC or Ed, that article. Couples that are living together, they don't necessarily need to have sexy and suck each other. They're living together. If one goes out into the, if one is part of the people that are out and about, and and now with the states opening up things, there's more of that happening. But before, when someone was basically quarantined, I'm going to take my house for an example, because there's no sex happening in my house right now. Um, But my house, for example, I was out because of my job. So I was out doing my job in the public at risk of exposure. My family that was in this house stayed in the house. They, they were self-quarantined. Even beyond all that, every day that I came home, doesn't matter what steps I took, I could have brought that home and infected the rest of my family. And I'm not having sex with the rest of my family. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's one of those things where you don't have to have sex to infect someone. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that, that if you're, if you're living with your partner, your loved one, your spouse, and that's, some, please do your other protections. If that's something that you do as a couple, but really you don't need to wear a mask. I'm sorry. You're going to get infected anyway. And the mask is right. dumb in the house. If you're living together, already. I'm very specific about that instance. (laughs) Right. Makes no sense to me. No, no, it does not. Um. Excuse me while I whip this out. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) You can't watch it anymore, but I want that movie. (laughs) <laughs> and on that note <laughs> The clock on the wall is stating We're a little bit late But do you have any shout outs for this week? 
yes, one major one. Um, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there, especially mine because he puts up with me and he's been my rock and the person I look up to and hopefully become half the parent he was to me and my sisters, um, to Pops, who is my adopted dad, who has there for me when my dad couldn't be. And like I said, to all the other dads that are out there, my brother-in-law, um, that are pulling, <laughs> doing the best they can and sometimes mm-hmm. better than they can, better than I can, in this crazy, mixed-up, amazingly weird world that we're in right now. So happy right. Father's Day to all the dads. And yeah, happy Father's Day to all the dads. dads. Uh, have a great weekend. Uh, one thing, I don't want to be that person, but every Father's Day, it seems without fail, and, and I get it. I know for a lot of you, either single moms or um, people out there who are doing the role of both mom and dad, but I implore you and I ask you that on this day to just kind of let it be. (laughs) Every year, without fail, there's a few ladies who go on a huge rant about guys on Father's Day. And granted, while that is... it is rightfully so that you are mad with them because they failed to be a father. Uh, I don't think that that's the day that you should probably uh, uh, go on your rant on Facebook <laughs> about it. You had every other day to do that rant, which I am more than happy to see in my timeline. But, you know, every year, because I was like, you don't see Dad going on a rant about moms who aren't moms on Mother's Day. So let's just keep it even. I just ask that you, on this Father's Day, whatever comments you do have about your kid's father, just keep it to yourself for this day. Let them have this day if they are at least somewhat of a dad because they should be a better dad. You know, I think about, you know, Mary talking about her dad, and I, I you know, talk about my dad. Uh, my dad passed away about 11 years ago. And, you know, my dad worked his tail off. Um, You could never say that he, uh, you know, took off a day of being a dad. You know, if work came calling for overtime, he worked it. If, you know, there was something that needed to be done, he did it. And granted, you know, he wasn't there, you know, every time to be there every waking moment to play catch. He was out supporting his family like he should have and what he wanted to do. And the best advice that I ever got from my dad is that, hey, even if in a situation, because he knew that things were kind of different with current um, with current situations, because back then people, even if they had fought and had differences, they kind of stayed together for the kids, which is something that you really don't want to do. Uh, But the best advice I ever got from my dad is that any situation in which you are required (laughs) to be responsible for, whether that is being a dad or whether that is to your work or to anything that you are required to be responsible for, you do it to the best of your ability, and everything else will work its way out. And I think that's the best advice that I can only give to all of you out there. And if you are dads that have not called your kids, give them a call, be a part of their life, because these kids didn't come into the world, you know, 
wanting to, uh, you know, be without the full package. And, you know, I know people don't get along with each other, and life's too short. But the one thing that you do have is a piece of your bloodline out there with your kids. And for all the dads who are dads, uh, you are awesome. Continue to be that uh, person in their life. Uh, but even if you are not a dad uh, like me uh, and don't have that official title, <laughs> uh, and, you know, be a mentor. Be someone that people can look at you as a father figure. Because even then, if you don't have the actual child, to be a father figure to someone is the next greatest title that you can have. So on this Father's Day, happy Father's Day to all of you dads, to all of you dads who are trying, to all of you dads who are about to retry, and to those who are father figures, because you are needed just like moms are needed. And you can't have one without the other, even though in a lot of situations it is that way. And for those uh, that are holding it up for both ends, you're awesome. And, but on this Father's Day, happy Father's Day to all of you. And we will see you here next Friday night. I don't think any of us are traveling, right? <laughs> I don't think so, no. Not, not this week. But uh, like I said, happy Father's Day to all the dads. Happy Father's Day uh, to Mary's dad. Happy Father's Day. And to my dad, happy Father's Day. Miss you. Love you. And to all of you. Have a great week. We'll see you next here, next time here on page one. Good night, everybody. Bye.